So you're last. <laughs> you can't eat. Yeah. I can hear that. So I'm last. <laughs> I'm happy to be last. There's an old podcast if you listen to it, and I think Stan's eating soup. Soup? Oh my god. Yeah, it's something slurping. When would I have ever eaten soup on a podcast? I don't know, man, but you did. Oh, no, no, I'm eating a a caramel apple pop. Is that what it is? (laughs) Yeah, and because all the saliva comes out, that's what what the slurping is. Yeah, yeah, me sucking on it, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what that was. This is all going in the cold open. This is the bus. You're listening to Drop the Dice. What's up, everybody? This is Ben from www.dropthedice.com, and we are back with another board game podcast. I have with me one of my best friends, my friendly cohort, my flyover correspondent, Mr. Rico Wasman. What's going on? I miss all my old titles, but, you know, I'll take it. You know, if you would do more work for the podcast, then maybe you can I get don't, it. I don't miss my old titles. You don't miss your old <laughs> titles. Dude, I... I feel you, but oh my god, I love the like texts or phone calls where you're like, guys, we've got to like cut these podcasts down. <laughs> and I, I, I totally feel that because we used to record for like what, like three hours. Dude, it used and to you'd... kill me, kill me. <laughs> uh, and I think we would do pretty good. Like, I think an hour and a half isn't too bad. I was looking at some of the old podcasts. Dude, you would cut down like four hours to two hours or two and a half hours constantly, every single time. And we are just rambling. Oh yeah. It's it was so a good. shit show. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I have it a little bit better, but I, you know what it is. It's still, it's still, it's still rough. Uh, I am having a blast editing, though. I am currently editing our top 50, so a little bit of peek behind the curtain there, you guys. Hopefully I'll put up the 20 to 11 tonight after we finish this up. Um, but and, today, and they're hot, we're going to be... Yeah, dude, dude. Oh, some hot takes. Uh, those of you who haven't been listening, I just put a... Alfie's older brother and Bus, their top ten, mm. and it's great. Alfie actually takes the rain. I don't know if you've listened to it yet. Alfie takes the rain and hosts his brother, and it's awesome hearing Alfie host because he's like directing the conversation, oh. and it's just awesome to see him in that position. And he does such a good job. Uh, and like and he like the, in the beginning he explains to his brother like how the podcast works, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. <laughs> All right. Today, though, we're going to be talking about IPs that we love, that we would love to see as board games. And i got to say, I have a good feeling about these ones, man. I think these are going to be hot takes. Um, mine might be a little lost on you, but I think it's going to be great. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, but first off, we're missing Alfie right now. He's going to join us a little bit later. But we're going to talk really quickly about what we've been playing. Uh, Rico, uh, we're just going to do one game each. Yep. Both of these, I think, are super exciting. Uh, let's go with you though, because it, it's it is uh it is an easy favorite, dude. Fowers just fucking kicking ass. Yeah, I mean, Fowers for me is the insta back that that Locket is for you, and yeah, okay. And, and I I've had some misses with with Locket, so like he's not quite the insta back for for me as he is for you, but but I really really appreciate what 
Fowers does as a designer and the world and the world building that he creates. Um, and yeah, I know that he doesn't write and draw and play shitty acoustic guitar for all of his games like Lockett or does. have his wife sing soundtracks. But, uh, but man, his games have an aesthetic that I love. I mean, they're, they're that pulp noir, um, kind of cartoony style, um, him and Ryan Goldsberry make an incredible duo. So, um, Burger Brothers 2 just came out, which, um, as far as I know, like, like kind of big mass market, oh shit, mass market's not the right word, right? But like, but like big, um, designer board game sequels, there's not a whole lot of these, right? You get, you get new versions of games all the time. But a game that actually puts a, hey, this is a sequel. This is the number two. There's not a whole yeah, lot I mean, of those. What, you have uh, Manhattan Project 2, mm-hmm. um, which is a weird one. Marco Polo 2. Yeah, I I think Empires of the Void might be called 2. They might be called 2.0. Oh, no, know. that is called 2. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Lock it. Yeah, there it Random. is. Random. So, so, Burger Brothers 2 follows the first one in that you are conducting a heist. In the first one, you were uh, robbing a bank. In this one, you are robbing a casino. It's a cooperative game. It takes place over multiple floors. The first one was three floors. The second one is two floors. And kind of how that works is you enter the, the floor, which is comprised of different tiles, and each tile is a room. And when you go and land on the tile, you flip it over, and the room might have a special condition. And it might say, like, uh, if you leave this room and you roll a die, two dice that don't add up to seven or 11, then a commotion is going to be started here. So that room is called, um, I think it's called like the crafts table or whatever. So you have, you have a gambling me- uh, mechanic built into that, nice. that one little room, right? Cause you're in a casino. Um, and so they, all the rooms have different things built into them that you're like rules that you're following and what you're doing is you get four four actions on on a turn and you can move around the floor and you're trying to find specific rooms or elevators to move up to the next floor and what's really interesting is on each floor there is a bouncer or a guard and the bouncer or guard moves on the floor that you end so let's say that you start on the first floor and you find the escalator and you take Okay, action one, I'm going to move over here, then I'm going to move to the escalator, and then action three, I'm going to move up to the second floor, and then I'm going to move one more room over here. If you end on the second floor, the bouncer moves on the second floor. The bouncer that is on the first floor, he doesn't move because you ended on the second floor. Sure. And that makes a really fun puzzle when you're playing with multiple people because you could be standing right next to the bouncer and the bouncer could be needing to move through your path. And if he moves through your path, you're going to take some heat tokens. If you get a certain amount of those, everybody yeah. loses. And so you'll be saying, hey, you know, if you, if you end your turn here, he's going to come over here and, and, and we're going to lose. So I could then move up to another floor and have that bouncer up there move. So it's a really interesting, like, multi-layered puzzle where where you start may not be where you finish and timing that is really interesting and really fun. Um, but ultimately at the end of that, you're trying to find the safe, which is on the second floor. 
and then uncover a bunch of different rooms that are around it and then moving dice up to the safe, rolling the dice, um, and then cracking the safe, so it's called. Um, that's very similar to Burger Brothers 1, but where Burger Brothers 2 changes is that it has a whole deck of finales. And you don't actually know what these finales are until you crack the safe. And when you crack the safe, you get to flip it over and read what you need to do to escape. So in the first one, um, there's there's like star-crossed cross lovers, and um, you need to you need to find them and then take them out of the casino. And so then when you crack the safe, you flip it over, and then it says, okay, see these rooms with this, um, and then find these specific tokens, and then put them into your inventory, and then if a guard finds you, this thing will happen, and you need to get out with a certain amount of uh, these tokens to win the game. And you have no idea what that's going to be before you crack the safe um, and get to that finale. So in Berg Brothers 1, it's just move up the floors, find the safe, crack the safe, and then leave the way that you came. Game over, cooperative game, you win. And in Berg Brothers 2, it's got a whole deck of these like really cool finales where when you crack that safe, you go, okay, what's the next you know phase of this game? Because I have no idea what it's going to be. And it's right. going to throw all sorts of really unique challenges at you. Super cool. And I'm not even talking about like the production values of this game, which are yeah. incredible. It's a good game, right? I want you to buy the game because it's a good cooperative game. And then on top of it, they've created a literal um, you know, three-dimensional board that has floor one on your table and then stilts to hold up floor two that you play directly above floor one. And man, I don't care if you're like, well, it's hard to see certain tiles that are underneath. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Like it's oh, so yeah. well done. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I'm endlessly impressed with what they did. Um, and I already loved Brooklyn Brothers one. So Fowers is just killing it again. And every person that, it, that, I have shown Burger Brothers 2 to, I'm like, oh yeah, you think this one's cool. And then I pull out Sabotage and I open the board and it turns into a divider. And it's like, these guys are thinking in such unique, creative ways to push the medium forward about not just <clears throat> a game that you're playing, but the experience, the environment, the, just everything. I, I, again, endlessly impressed. Okay, so that's, before we got to mine, I wanted to talk about a little bit about Fowers and what he's doing. Um, before we get to sabotage, so so he, my our first instance was uh, paperback. Paperback, that was yeah. huge. That was huge in your life for a while. Oh yeah, dude. It's uh, I haven't played it in a while, but in terms of like impact, which I wonder if we could do that. I wonder if we could do like like games that had like a, like a big impact, but maybe they make our top fifty. Because paperback would be on there, right? Yeah, it, it was, absolutely it was, a, it was a deck builder. I played it a ton of times. I've played it with family and you guys and the boys. Like, played it with a bunch of different groups. Payback was awesome. Again, the same kind of great artwork. Do you, who does the artwork? Because it's the same guy, right? Ryan Goldsberry. Oh, he okay. But he designs a little bit too, right? Who's uh, the other designer on, on Fowers? I'm Jeff Beck. That's it, okay. Um... Paperback immediately was like, okay, excited about this guy. And then Walkstar was like our grail game for so long. Yeah. 
And it came on Kickstarter, and it like and it lives up to the hype, man. It's oh my so god, it, how it it's we've ta- we talked a little bit about uh, real time games, and boy does Walkstar deliver. It's so much fun. Anytime I brought it out, it's been tense, and there's yelling. It's that same kind of excitement as Fuse. It's and it's this super cool th- theme of running a Chinese restaurant. It is so much fun. And in, in the same bundle that that came out with was was, uh, now, boarding? was now Boarding, which was, uh, no pun included, it's Game of the Year, I think yeah. in 2018. And, like, that's not a miss, man. Like, no. looking back on it, they did not make a mistake. That game is amazing. Right. Even Getaway Driver, which, uh, for me, suffers from the fact that it's a two-player game. Yeah. And, like, I've gone through two phases in my life, or board game life. Where I'm stuck at two players. <laughs> when you left, and Z-Man and Bus weren't coming, it was me and Alfie for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And then, when everyone left, and it was me and Z-Man for a couple months, dude, we did Charterstone, all of it. Do a legacy game that we completed. Uh, we did Max, uh, uh, what's that? Massive Darkness. Again, campaign game That's completed, impressive. but we did Getaway Driver. So what, what, there were two points in my life where I was buying two-player games because I thought, I don't know how long this is going to last. Yeah. Anyway, so I bought Getaway Driver. I played it with Z-Man a couple times. That game was awesome. Yeah. Um, Dude, just, again, production value, like throwing down the, the little pieces. It's so much so much fun. And you talked again about, what I think it made your top 50, it, uh, it, the it Runaway did. one. And 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 the story the story the recent story that I have for that is that my my mom and my sister came here when my brother was staying in town. So there was you know there was four of us in the same house, and um, you know little siblings and I we were downstairs like watching TV or something and like hanging out, and and I looked up and I was like where where's my mom? And my mom was upstairs at my game table playing a game of solitaire by herself because that's like her thing she loves to play solitaire and i came upstairs and was like hey like do you want to play a game with me and she said yes and i pulled out fugitive yeah i taught her fugitive and we played fugitive like a lot (laughs) like the rest of the trip she was like yo let's do another round and and then she left and was like hey what's the name of that game and it, it, it just the purity of the the design, but but also so much credit to the production, to the to the art, to the everything art that makes everything, you man. feel like you're doing what that little tiny deduction card game makes you, you know, tells you you're doing. It, Fowers puts that thought into his games. It's it's right. phenomenal. So then you get to sabotage. Which, we've talked about on the podcast, but I'm going to say it again, is you bought it at Gen Con, and all of us, <laughs> all of us, were drooling over this box. Yeah. And how cool it looked. And how cool the game looked. And we tried to pull it off, but we just couldn't. It was always just too late, we were too tired. You know, I think we managed to play like one to two medium games a day, and that yeah. was it. It was mostly lightweight stuff for most of the time. But man, that just always bugged me. And then when I finally got to play Sabotage, I was like, holy shit, this game is so... It's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's the best word for it. That game is cool. 
And it's not that you much know? different than his other games. That's the thing. No. Like, it's it, the same it, kind of mentality. Just same another, kind of humor. Yep. And it adds just a few extra rules on what you've already come to expect if right? you play a game like Burger Brothers. And so, like, it's not it's not revolutionary. You can literally like, pick it up if you've played yo, almost any of his games, which is amazing. Friend of the podcast, David Turksey, love, love you. <laughs> but this is this is so much more successful than Redacted. Yeah. And it arguably isn't less complicated. That's a difficult teach. Yeah. But it's so cool. And oh my god, me and so we the, uh when we played, me and Dolby ran out in front. We had this shit. And then Bus and Z-Men fucking railed on us. Mm. Like we had it, right? We 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 uh whatever we needed to do, we had two of the objectives that we needed to do. And they just built up their cards, and then turn after turn, it was like, nope, boom, 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 just nice. killing us. Awesome. All right. Burger Brothers 2. Okay, so last thing, do you like it better than Burger Brothers 1? Yeah, I, I, I do. Burger Brothers 1 has three floors, and this one only has one. Um, and Two? so I, I actually really like moving between the floors and deciding when the, the guards or the bouncers are going to get to deploy that's probably my favorite puzzle of the game and so you get a little bit less of that in burger brothers 2 but the finales that are in 2 make it a game that you want to go back to because because number one is just a good co-op game right and i only want to play the same good co-op game every once in a while but with two it's got nine unique finales plus uh, a, another deck of like randomly generated finales and when you win a game you unlock a little gear card that makes everybody slightly better for the future ones or at least more interesting and like all of that it makes it a game that I will play probably more than Burger Brothers 1 so uh-huh. I, I, yeah man I'm here for it it's excellent awesome so I'm going to talk about Sea of Legends a uh, big Kickstarter, a big Kickstarter-only game. Can, can 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 you tell me like who designed this game, who produced it? Because like when 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 you texted about this game, I I had no idea what you were talking about. So Sea of Legends, uh, came out around the time the Sea of Thieves video game was coming out. Okay. And it kind of plays off similar themes. Um, I don't know the designers. I think it's Guildhall Games who made the game. Who made the game Guildhall or? Yeah, I think so. Guildhall's a really yeah. good game, so... I mean... The, the, no, no, Guildhall, the company. Guildhall, yes, is a really good game. Did they not That's make... The, okay, alright. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, I, I, so I, what I, games I could, have I could they wrong. made? I could be wrong. I think, I think these are all first-timers, okay, as far first as I can timers. tell. Okay, alright. Um, there you go, professionalism on the I mean, I'm, no, no, that's a good thing, right? That makes me feel like not... No, it's more of like I should have done my research before. Ah, well, sure. But I also but don't the, feel like it's not Jamie. It's I not thought. Jamie. It's not Ryan. So I don't know who did uh-huh. design it. <laughs> um, and it's not Mind Clash. So it's random. Um, yeah. So it's random. So Sea of Legends, uh, big Kickstarter. That so real quick story. I went all in. Forgot to finish up my pledge manager. So to email them, and they were like, "All we got left is the base game." So I got the base game. Yeah. And I have Thirty dollars left in my fucking GameFound account. So it's uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which, whatever. It's it's fine. The base game is fine. Or the base game is great, actually. 
because as, as you'll see in a second here. So the game is, is you're all different um, pirate captains, and the whole point of the game is to kind of gain so much infamy, and you do that by a couple different things. Um, you do that by you can bury gold, which is a really cool, cool mechanic. You can develop enough gold, but then you can go bury it to get VP, which I think is super cool. That's cool. It, you're literally just buying VP, but that that idea that you're burying treasure is mm-hmm. fun. You can beat other players to get VP, but that's not a really good idea. It's 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 not economically viable. But you can beat NPCs and get more VP, depending on which NPC you beat. Um, you can hire more crew and for every crew oh so as whenever your crew reaches a value of 10 you'll get another point of infamy so when you recruit crew like maybe i got one crew costs two two coins another guy costs seven coins so like that it's that as you recruit more boom Mm -hmm. but you need a big enough ship too to house that crew and at first you can only house four crew but if you get a bigger ship, maybe it has five or six, which is just pretty fun. Um, you can get infamy by doing different events. Uh, I forgot what the other ways of doing it are, but it, it's essentially what it is. This is so this has an app component to it. How does that work? Yes. So you can get oh that's the other way you can get infamy by doing different adventures. You go on adventures by like so in the game you're a pirate captain, and you have a lover. And a nemesis. Naturally. And you can take three different adventures. You have the, and you have three different adventure tokens around the board. So if you're on that spot of your lover, you can take the lover adventure. And that'll create a better strong bond with your lover. And that gives you more abilities. If you're on your spot, you can take captain adventures. And that'll do stuff like probably give you more VP or more coins or more crew or whatever. If, if you're on your nemesis and you take those adventure spots, that makes your nemesis weaker. And if you can finish his adventure, you can get rid of your nemesis completely. Mm. And your nemesis, whenever you go on challenges, is there to, like, remove dice, um, turn dice to a different phase, uh, tell you not to roll certain dice, or just be like, oh, automatic fail on this roll. Sounds like a real McCastle. Yeah. Um, and it's super fun, dude. It's so much fun. And one of, the, one of the things that's so interesting about the game... So one of the games is beautifully produced. You have all, all these awesome minis. God, can you imagine if you had the deluxe? Fuck you. <laughs> the deluxe just comes with more expansions. I don't have metal coins, which is really annoying. We had to use Seafall coins. Um, what's really cool about the game is it has NPCs. It has three NPCs. Okay. One of them is always the Spanish Armada, which are these collection of ships that essentially drive around and if they go into your spot you just have to fight them they can't win but then there's two other npcs and in the game that i have i think i have four factions but i think there's six total those people can win the game so the ones that we played with were the undead and what they do is they spawn at different locations and if they develop enough of them they turn into this giant skeleton and essentially infect the location if they infect enough locations they win the game the other one we played with was the Merfolk, and when you play with the Merfolk, you drop relics on the corners of the board. The Merfolk all kind of spawn in the center, and then they like fly to the corners mm-hmm. to try and find those relics. Mm-hmm. 
And once they get all four relics, they'll win the game and summon this crazy thing. That's cool. So you have this like okay, okay. It's not so cool. Question: Why, yeah. why this game over Seafall, which you have been praising again? Well, this one's not Legacy. It's is one it, and done. Is it, is it campaign? It's always no. one and done. It's just one and done. Huh. Okay. Which is really cool. So it's a it's a cool story game. It's like first to I think ten or so, which isn't that long. We played it twice in one night. Hmm. Like. It was super fun. It's super fun. It's super easy to jump in. Dude, anytime there's stories, like, it's just... I feel like that's Kryptonite for Drop the Dice. Yeah. We all love it. Like, at the that's end of it, same funny, thing yeah. like, like any other thing. You're like, oh, what do you do? And you make the decision, and you fucking roll dice, and yeah. it's awesome. I mean, you but make fun NPC- of everyone when they suck at it. Totally. Yeah. Dude, but, like, the NPCs in this game are done so well. Like, they, they act so well. They, like... It's not. It's not like overbearing or no, no, and like it's just it's super it fun, really, really cool. So like, and it's really cool. To, like they can, not only do they act really cool, but like when the NPCs beat each other, mm-hmm. um, so whenever you beat someone, you get a reward. There's a reward on the bottom of their cards mm-hmm. that says like if you beat this person, you get like either twelve coins or like a VP or whatever. You put that stuff under the enemy. So then when you go beat that enemy, not only do you get their goal, but whatever items they have already. Mm. So every once in a while, you'll find like a Spanish Armada ship that is just wrecking shit around the, around the coast. Right. Like killing merfolk and skeletons. And then you fight it with your ship. And if you win, not only do you get like five coins, but whatever coins it had underneath it. That's pretty cool. So at one point, Dolby got like thirty gold, oh and was just like, and then he was able to buy like a giant ship yeah. that could house like eight people. That's awesome. And there's moments that's like, like that. that's like, like the swooping in, but not based on a player decision because that like always hurts people's feelings. Right? That's the classic why you would avoid a three-player skirmish game because two players are gonna fight each other, and then. One player kills the other, and then the third player, who is at maximum health, comes in and yeah. kills the other guy. And, like, it's not fun because that's so predictable, right? But, but like, if you're doing that part... against an NPC, then yeah. everybody is trying to get to the NPC first because, you know, they've got so much to, to give. Oh, right. That's but, nice, But man. the best part is, like, that didn't lead him to win. Yeah. Like, that might have not been the best part. He could have done something else to try and get VP. Because uh-huh. I won that game by not... I didn't do any of that. Yeah. I never went after, like, oh, I'm going to go after that to give me a bunch of gold. I just was playing my game. And, like, I love that. Yeah, you know, I feel really like good, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot better than I thought it was going to be. It. I, I'm going to be honest. Um, in proper top that I was fashioned, I'm pretty sure I was... A, little drunk and just back this at the top level yeah this this was a this was a complete unknown for me when you started talking about it that you got it i was like (laughs) i got nothing man (laughs) yeah uh but oh my i i feel like it's gonna make my top 10 for the year sweet this is one like i i'm excited to play with you you know, like, like I, I, like, like I'm excited to see, or, or rather, like the rest of the team, right? Yeah. Like, I want to know what other people feel about it, cause like we, had, we had so much fun. Yeah. 
you know, like, to the point where, like, we don't do that, right? We finished the first game, and we lost to the NPCs, actually. And we immediately played again. Yeah. Like, I always come back to, the last time we did that was Euphoria, but it wasn't that. But, like, we don't do that. Right, right. You know, we, we lose the game, and then we go on to the next game. Right. This was like, no, 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 let's just reset. Let's go again. Yep. Had a lot of fun with this one, man. Let's like, go, man. I'm excited to kind of see what see what this does. Um, but that was Sea of Legends. Well, if the, if they're a first time publisher designer, like keep me apprised, man. I'd I'd love to know what they do next because that you know that's, yeah, that's, that's a hell of an like, endorsement. Again, it, the game is really cool. I really think it's that NPC element that they nailed. Yeah. So well. I, I don't I've, think I've, I've seen gotta, in I've other games. I've got to say that, like, I I do have an aversion in most games that include an NPC of any variety, right? Like, I've kind of right. I've, I've kind of fallen away from a lot of solo games because of that. Because like, a lot of the solo games are play the game, right? But also play the game. <laughs> you know, like, you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. play as the game to play the game. And, yeah. and 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 that's a lot. So oh man, I don't know if you've heard um, Alfie and his brother's podcast, but Elder Alfie talks about playing solo games with three people, mm-hmm. or he'll play a game as three people. Yeah, because each of the three people have different strategies. Than playing as the like Autonoma or you know whatever, and all these variations, Dude, but man. That sounds very intense. He'll be like, oh, I'll play as three different people who have three different strategies. That sounds so hardcore. I'm just telling you, I, 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 read, I read the solo rules in a lot of these games, and it's like... Even the Turksy ones? Yeah, man, especially the Turksy <laughs> ones. Like, you'll, you'll read 30 pages of Deathly Run, and then at the end of 30 pages of that, it's like, oh, here's an entirely new game that you have to play to play this game solo. And it's like, dude, you want me to get all these rules right like it's too much man yeah so um, in an in, in npc that like is seamless and fun and acts like an npc should without the overhead i i, I think is a is a ringing endorsement. again i would love to see what you guys think because i loved it yeah i thought it was great it felt like an npc it felt um just punishing enough and but also like I don't really have to worry about you too much. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. It, it was super cool. That's Sea of Legends. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back, and we're going to talk about some magic, some skating, and maybe some time travel. <laughs> but that'll be our IPs as board games. Again, please don't steal them from us, but if you do, just just subscribe to the podcast and give us a five rating. Yeah, I'll, I'll just take like a like a nice like a nice tweet. Yeah, sick tweet. Yeah. If you want to like send us a bottle of bourbon, <laughs> let me know. Okay, I'll, are you gonna have my address? I don't fucking care. God, I'm so much cheaper than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you always were, Rico. Yeah. All right, we're right back.
we're back, and we're going to be talking about different IPs that we wish were made into board game. Uh, we are lucky enough to have Alfie join us for this part. Alfie, welcome back to the podcast. Cheers. What's going on, everybody? Uh, so I'm excited to hear what you guys got to talk about. But first, I'm going to talk about something very dear to my heart. Uh, you guys know this because me and Rico have been chronicling the 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 what what the the era of Lost, and I would love to see Lost turn into a board. So, I had a couple of That'd ideas with this, and one of the first thing <laughs> that comes to mind is that is that if you're trying to encapsulate the entirety of the series, is is the game would be too unwieldy. Or, or 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 not successful. I, I don't think you could do it. Yeah, I think I, you're I right. Struggle. So you're gonna you're I gonna think... have a, you're gonna have a full game that's just about the smoke monster. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I immediately well not immediately it took me a while, <laughs> but I got to okay. What if it's scenario based? Like Ooh. perseverance. Yeah. So scenario. So one game will be that uh, trying to find out information about the smoke monster. One of them would be trying to find Jacob's cabin. Right. One of them might be trying to build a ship and escape. One could know. be decoding like the, you know, the the code from the, the, book. the French lady's message. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, aside from mining the show, utilizing Lost as a setting, you have a million scenarios that you can do. So you just have expansion after expansion. Anyway, and, so and, scenario and, base. So so, after playing. Um, the what's it called the the initiative that's uh mm -hmm. Kinesia's latest game no that's yeah. a, oh yeah Corey Kinesia's so so in in the initiative um which like the board part of it plays a lot like clue but then you're trying to like decode certain certain codes and puzzles um that to me has like opened up possibilities for what you could do with scenario based things like because choose your like, own adventure because like w when we first started playing games right we played a lot of descent and then the next big thing after descent was imperial assault and like you have a lot of these one verse many um scenarios a lot of them are all around like move from point a to point b kill all of the things within a room um you know like I just I, I feel like those types of scenarios are very like well trodden and what I played in the initiative really opened up like what you could do in a different setting so you have a lost like setting and you know maybe maybe take like part Robinson Crusoe where you have to like keep your camp up and like have right. resources to live and you know whatever infighting happens and then you're trying to like gather clues to lead towards whatever your eventual goal for that scenario is. It's like melding those two things together. I could see that working really well. So you're you got exactly right. Yeah. So I've been struggling back and forth. With, okay, how much is it survival? Because I think some of that should be there. Yeah. I think the game right. should be very much about gathering resources and building shelter or weapons or whatever. Because I think that needs to be there. But then other part of the game needs to be kind of this exploration, this kind of objective-based game. So, with each scenario, I think there would be maybe six objectives, and that would kind of be the timer for the game. Once those objectives are done, I think that game is over, and I haven't figured out if it's like a 
like a VP thing, so whoever has the most VP at the end of the game, or whoever just hits that last objective. Yeah. I like so. I like too with with that. It's it's funny, um, Rico, when you're talking about that because what you said was exactly what I was picturing. Once you said scenario based was mm. some sort of through line throughout the whole thing that is, but like each scenario you're doing, there's some new flavor of what you're doing, right? Maybe it's some sort of uh, puzzle that, that you're trying to figure out or. Um, gathering certain resources, trying to figure out the way to go through it. But what I love about Lost is that you can both pull from the show and then you can also add on to that as you like, right? It doesn't need to be... Right, it it doesn't need to be like, oh, well, I'm following each season as it goes. It's like you can add in things there that we didn't see because we don't see every second of every person. But you can add in, like, the things you like. So this leads me to my next point is when I realize finally who we are. Forever, I was like, okay, you're going to play as Jack, you're going to play as Saeed, you're going to play as Desmond. whoever. Yeah. And then I realized, <laughs> no. That's that's limiting yourself, that's limiting the game. You're not thinking big enough. Right. Um, also, I think you're going to upset certain people. Right. We are all our own camps that are on the island. Uh, we are essentially people like the others. We've we've been there longer than 815. Okay. Arguably, the game starts when 815 crashes. And part of our actions are we can go recruit those survivors. Or any other survivors that happen to crash land. And, you know, whatever. So, I mean, it doesn't just have to be 815 survivors. But, obviously, a lot of those characters would be people that you can recruit. And I think that the game would kind of rely on that. Like, you want to recruit Saeed for the mission where you have to do build electronics. You want to recruit Zach, uh, Zach, uh, Jack for the mission where you got to go and infiltrate the others. Hmm. So the other part that I had thought of is that your player board would be your camp and you would build stuff on that and draft characters and, and, and build that up. And then the island would be the main board where you would move those characters to do actions on that. And like going into the forest would do certain things. Going to the outskirts would do certain things. And... This is where I, I'm, at, I'm at kind of a crossroads. I don't know if I want to go Arkham style, where each location has an event deck. So you go to the forest, lurking for something. Do you flip up a card and read an event? Or do you look through a storybook? Either way, the outcome is arguably the same, where, like, right. it'll say, oh, uh, you run into a polar bear, you know, well, I, I think whatever, I, skill check, still check damage. I think, a, I think it's like a log book a scenario book it allows you to have a little more like uh say over that event pertaining to that place a little better than an event deck where it could be totally random with a scenario well, no, book okay, as so you Arkham go through Horror, the scenarios event it could, deck is is set to the neighborhood it, no I, I i know that part but um but it's still just like some random thing that happens it's not yeah, yeah. this through line of a story whereas you could have with um, you could have it somewhat choose your own adventure or like whatever. It's like, okay, if you did, you know, number 12 last time, like this time you're doing 132 instead of 131 or whatever, you know, it's like you could right. have a little bit more of a, of a consistent story instead of that, which is something that I feel like people complain about a lot in games when they're like, ah, the events kind of come up like uh, Rico, you were saying with King, King's dilemma, right? They're, they're somewhat yeah. random when they come up and it, it's not necessarily a, a storyline. Well, well, let me let me try to merge both of those things together. And if you had scenarios, so let's say the game came with 12, 24 different scenarios, 
and each of those scenarios was comprised of of a deck that you then put onto those different locations and you then could be incentivized to go through the decks at those different locations and i don't quite know how but like in if you play sherlock holmes consulting detective and you figure everything out you'll get a better score right right so like if you spend the time which is a risk reward thing to like go through the different location decks to figure out the mysteries that are going on in your scenario at the different locations across the island like that might reward you with carry over to the next the next no, yeah, like, I like, I like all that like chronicles yeah. chronicles of crime kind of has that too right where like if you have a three story like three just, scenario story yeah based on what you have or whatever it carries through it just thinking about the smoke monster you could beat that scenario right the smoke monster is sort of irrelevant to the actual ending for what you're trying to do sure which is which it is irrelevant to you know the proceedings in lost as well but like imagine that you risk to actually find out the mystery of the smoke monster yeah no i think that's all great and then i think you even i'd had this idea of what about like a risk system so, if you go to a part of the island where you know the others are, either through die rolls or just a card flipping or whatever, like, maybe you run more of a chance of running into a bad scenario, right? Or, I'm sorry, like a bad story. Or a dangerous story. You know, however, whatever adjective you want to put I like it. that. I like that. Um, yeah. Or if you go into the forest, you run into more of a chance to um, find the smoke monster and have to figure out how to run away from that. You know, when we go to, like, this part of the island, you know, like, what, whatever it is. Like, we, we, mm-hmm. we would kind of devise that. Uh, and then I also thought you could have this mechanic where you, you have your meeples that represent your workers. And they could kind of travel around the island. And at some point, they're going to have to come back. But it's not like every turn they come back. Like, they could keep adventuring as long as they're surviving. Hmm. Is, there, is there a push-your-luck aspect to that? Like... The yeah, further yeah, you so go, the more thinking, like, risky again, it that is. Comes back to, like, how much survival do I want this to be? Like, I had thought that um, your people would be represented by cards, and you could put resources onto those cards. So maybe you send them in to gather wood, and they can only hold so much wood before they go over encumbered, and they have to balance wood, food, and water. Okay. I but like, then, that. like Like, is that too, is that too survival? Is that not where I want to go? Like, you it, know, it's, 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 it's worth it's worth trying. It's worth trying and seeing if that it does become like burdensome, or if you find that to be a good um, way to like deter people from just like consistently going out. The 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 Z man method, right? Of like, I'm gonna go as far as I can and get all the gold and come back. You know, it's yeah. like <laughs> it, it might be it might it, it might be one or the other. You might find a nice balance there. The other one I was thinking of is I think you need a general event deck of stuff like, um, it poured last night. Wild boars came out. Yeah, wild boars came out, and you thought it was a monster, uh, but you grabbed a knife from Locke and threw it out underhanded and happened to kill it, and you can walk now. So honestly, Ignacy, if you're listening, this is this is the best expansion for Robinson that. (laughs) Right. I, I knew it too as I was going through this. I was Dude. like, fucking Rico's gonna be like, this is just Robinson Caruso. I, I mean, this is literally <laughs> Robinson Caruso and above and below. But I think what's so interesting is you can do so much different, 
like mechanisms between the different scenarios, right? You can have an expansion that's exploring the different like stations, and yeah. so it's an ex- oh, it's an exploration like, where you're flipping over tiles and trying to like you know go from one and then figure out how to get to the next one things like right like you can do different things with it every scenario doesn't have to be here's this board um yeah. go move around on oh, it play some cards tiles. like that's actually you, makes more sense. you can make it super thematic with that no i i, I joke about robinson crusoe but the reason that that game is so beloved is because it is a sandbox and like yeah. i remember back in the mm-hmm. day downloading scenarios and like playing king kong on robinson crusoe because you had to go explore and find where King Kong's lair was. That's and sick. Like, yeah, and so this is the same thing, you know. And so you, you might want to have how your meeples move and how you gather things and how you explore, like, slightly different. But it, but at the end of it, you're going to create a system in which you can then apply Story. the stories that, mm-hmm. that you love and, and exist because of Lost. So... Yeah, I think so it's so, you, you mentioned tiles. I had only thought of like, what if you're playing like the one where you have to set off the nuke, and yeah. so you just put a little nuke token down on that spot on the board. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or like for the hatches, instead of just oh, let's just have better tiles that represent the hatches. I thought, oh, what if you just put little hatch symbols on top of that space? Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Sounds like you're. Or like a little pirate game. ship. Like like what what if one of them is open the hatch? Um. So you got to go to the pirate ship to get the dynamite. Yeah. Um, what what are you thinking about I, for the artwork? I okay. Have you ever played Legendary Alien? Oh, you played Legendary Bond. Yeah. Wait, no, was, is that that's movie that's movie art? That's movie art. I want, Legendary Alien is kind of what I was thinking. What about Dune Imperium? Yeah, yeah, that. That's okay. Kind of similar. Like like cartoon, but but cartoon. Cartoon, but inspired these. by the real people. Yeah, that's so sick. Uh, it was that's lost the board game. It's in its infancy. Uh, I doubt anybody would steal it because I'm, I'm assuming that the copyrights are all over the place. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's the other thing too is is if I ever actually try to make this, I just need to not call it lost because right. you're not playing those people. Right. Right. Instead of the others, they could be the the uh, the randoms. Well, you could yeah. probably call them the others and then just give the other people different names, like the doctor <laughs> yes. and the physicist, yeah, Ken. And Zach instead of Jack, the rock star. Yeah. Black yeah, Naid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boyer. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Alfie, what, what game do you got coming up? You. <laughs> um, the first idea I ever had with a Harry Potter game was an area control game that's truly, like, you're trying to get influence from the different, like, factions of different areas. Like, you want influence from, like, Hogwarts. You want influence from certain departments in the ministry or things like that. I don't know if it's you're trying to become Minister of Magic or if it's, um, you know, it's, like, Death Eaters. Like, you're, like, these different, like, wizard groups vying for power of, of the country or whatever. You're going to Diagon Alley to get different things. But I, I wanted it yeah. to be something where you're just trying to and I don't gather enough votes to be voted the best. Right, right. Something that you're trying to garner influence from these different groups or whatever. Um, that was the first thought I ever had with one of these games, and I, I almost pictured like, like that Godfather game that I, I didn't really oh, enjoy yeah. that much, but I liked some of what was going on there. So it's like take some of that. So, yeah. So that's closer to like Argent, and and further away from. An area control game like Rising Sun. 
Well, I would say it's it's like Argent only in theme. Only in the end game. Sure. Okay. Okay. But you you I don't know how you get that influence. I don't know if it's I it, it would probably be some sort of worker placement probably where you oh, go. That's why to, you say Godfather, right? Right. Because you, you, your your influence is represented by how much of the area you control. Right. Right. It it would be like that instead of Argent, where it's kind of like at the end of the game, it's how much stuff do you just have? That yeah, is easier. You would it would be it would be on the board. You would be seeing. Oh, like Bence is controlling Hogwarts right now, and you know, or or whatever. But I would want it to be more than just like an ethno style, like a base um, area control. I'd want it to have a little more going on there to make it a little more thematic. So that was my first idea. It's very rudimentary. My second okay. idea, though, I really like this idea. Okay. But it's you're at your student at Hogwarts, and you go and. There's two phases to each round. The first is you go to the different classrooms, getting um, like more powerful in the different types of uh, like transfiguration charms, things like that. And the second part is a dueling club, where you go and you have cards. You you have cards that you pick, so somewhat deck building. But um, when you go to transfiguration, you can get like certain spells or whatever. And then at the end of the round, you duel with different people. And in doing that, you both just play a card at the same time, and the card's going to have the, like, Fury of Dracula or the, the Rock, Paper, Scissors type effect. And there might be more, there might be, like, five symbols. And the more powerful you are in one class, the more you've gone to that one, the better, like, spells you can have. And so, um, like, divination might be something like they have to tell you one of the icons that their, that their spell's going to have. Uh... Uh, potions is going to allow you to heal in between your rounds or whatever. And and so you do this little dueling thing until someone's like out of health or whatever, knocked out. And then, um, you know, the next round's like, you go back to class the next day or whatever. And so it's like, I, I just, this is the one that sticks in my mind. I think you need to stop. You are, you are two for two. You are two for two on level 99 games because that is millennium blades with Harry Potter. And I am here for it. Dude. <laughs> that sounds yeah, I, I, awesome. I, I, think, I think we need to stop recording and go make that one. <laughs> totally. It, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of it argent. It sounds easier than my lost game, so we'll make that. <laughs> make some money for Drop the Dice, and then, and then we'll go work on the and lost And then we game. can work on the lost storylines, right? Because that takes yeah. so much time yeah. to write all that. But it, it's a little bit of argent with the different rooms you're going to, and the, the rooms are going to give you different things. But I, I really like the idea of you have this little... Like you have like your like a spell book basically, and and in you on your turn when you're dueling someone, you can choose any one of those spells to play. It doesn't have to be, oh, what three cards do I have in my hand? If you have ten spells, you can choose which one. Similar like uh, Mage Wars, Mage Wars Arena or whatever, where you have like a, literally a spell book and you can pull any one of them out or whatever. Um, I like that idea, but I want it to be kind of that rock paper scissors style. I like that fighting. And uh, I like the special powers from each class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's so, really and cool. They, they would give you different about, things, and and you would be able to see. You wouldn't have to remember how how far they've gone. There would be some way to track how many like how high they are in the different classes, right? So it's like if they went to well, if they're would the spells uh, not be different. Well, the spells would be different, but like if I had a level five divinity versus your level three divinity. No, right, but I would want it to be known. And I thought of Coimbra for how you'd be able to track like how good they are in a thing with like a little contain a four by container with dice that are different colors and like your dice 
for like it's green for potions or whatever and blue for transfiguration yellow for charms and and the dice is higher the more you've gone to that class and it shows like the level spells you can get from there so that if i look at you bents i can see okay he's really good at defense against the dark arts like i know he's really good at that um but he's not so good at transfiguration what do i have that can kind of try to counter the defense against the dark arts because i know he'll, he'll probably play one of those big spells from there you know so something that i don't have to keep track of everywhere you've gone on the board necessarily right. throughout the game to know what kinds of spells you may be good at so in the it's, first phase of the game, do I essentially get to choose what classes I go to? Yes, you would get to choose. You would have so many actions, right? So many, so many actions, um, and you'd go to those different classes, and from there you can choose. And I don't know how it all works. I want it to be maybe a little more deep than just like go pick a card from a stack, you know? But right, it would yeah. be it would be what about like maybe like it's like it's like Tricurion. Yes, you go to a place in Tricurion, and yeah. and like you're deciding to go to that spot. And it kind of has a little bit of, like, push your luck to it, right? Because the dice right. are in place there when you go to that spot in Chikirion. But also, I don't know, man, the, the, the booklets in Chikirion and the spells you do there kind of seems like that could also play a part in it. Right. I want it to be you get to choose which spell from the level that you're up yeah. to so that it isn't just yeah, a, random, yeah, like a random thing. You get to, like, choose, like, I want the random. fireball or whatever. But I, I, I like that you would, I think, you know, from round to round or however you compartmentalize the turns, you'd be able to choose different courses or, or classes to go to. Um, because, like, imagine that you got a super strong item, the time turner, and then could all of a sudden go do, like, double the classes yeah. that everyone else could do. Yeah. Right. What about uh, what movie uh, is it where they have like the weird practice room? Yeah, room of requirement. Yeah, where you, where you can go oh, and yeah, essentially yeah. like maybe either temporarily up a spell, refine a spell. You, you get exactly like the you get the super it. version of it for like one round or whatever. Yeah, something like that where it's like okay, like you can like do something really cool, but it's not good long term. So you have that like, is it worth it to do that and try and win the next match, or is it worth it to go long distance and keep going to class? Right. That's sick, dude. I've been, I, I mean, I've been waiting for a Harry Potter game that, like, felt magical, felt... Like and this is another one that, 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 that I and, love, and yeah. this is where I, how I approached Lost at the end was, like, we're not playing Lost, we're doing stories within Lost. Right. This is just a small... Right. This isn't even the story of Harry Potter. Right. You wouldn't be any of like, you wouldn't be school. you wouldn't be any of the normal characters or whatever. You would just be in one of the houses or whatever, and I think that, I think that... Um, for the artwork, at least, I, I was going on. I was like finding pictures of spells on some like Harry Potter wikia, and I was like downloading the yeah. pictures. Um, would each house basically start with like, like so? If you started in a house, would you start with some sort of advantage? Ooh, I like that. Uh, prob probably, and, and maybe two advantages. One would be. You get a bonus spell from whatever house that, um, like there, like uh, right. If if you're in Slytherin, Snape's the head of it, so you get a bonus in potions. Right. If you're yeah, yeah, in like that. Gryffindor, right, McGonagall, you get a bonus in Transfiguration. So something like yeah. that, and then also based on that characteristic, you would, um, pr I would I'd probably have like you would have a starting set of spells for yeah. your like faction, and and you would maybe even be like 
tend to be better at certain classes versus other ones. I, like I, Ravenclaw would be terrible of, at divination kind of thing. Yeah. Of your two ideas, this this second one is it's really good. And like the way that you explained the first one, which was the Godfather game, and you would essentially be replacing those locations with Harry Potter locations, is exactly why I don't want that game. Because I feel like every Harry Potter game that I have seen or you know anyone else thinks of, it's just a theme that could be anything else. Sure, paste you know? it on. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. And, but, and like, I, but, but what you laid out in the second one, dude, it feels magical. And it, 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 Thank you, thank you. And That's I, another one. If we make that, let's just not call it Harry Potter. But that was the other thing I was thinking about was like to get that IP would be really hard. But if you just made right, some right. wizard school like Argent, right? right. Argent is this exactly. totally new world. We can make a brand new world, create all yeah. these fake spells based on whatever. And you have the school of Rico, the school of Bands, the school of Bus. People would know. Yeah, yeah. All four hundred people. That's a sick idea, dude. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that is. Awesome, I appreciate Alfie. that. We'll have to. All we'll right. have to work on. I think about it sometimes when I'm running. Oh, so I do. The past two weeks, this is all I've been doing at work. Like anytime I have a free moment, I like. I literally wrote down notes at the bridge the other night. I've I've like written down stuff for the past like year and a half, almost two years at this point. I've like kind of like written down whenever something comes to mind. Of I see something in a game, or there's something that that just comes to my mind with that. I always like I'll like write it down or whatever to make sure that I I remember. Because I mean I don't know if I'm ever gonna design a game, but if I did, it would be that one. Yeah. All right, Rico. Uh, arguably with the most fleshed out design. Real quick, yeah. real quick. Hold on one second. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go and take the dogs out, so I will see you guys later. But. All right. <laughs> Alfie, that was awesome. I know. Way to uh, blow your load and leave. I know. I know. Um, but uh, I look forward to hearing the podcast, Rico, to see what you have more. Because I've, I've read the, the Skate Hero stuff, so. You've, you've, you've read my rules, and you haven't I, given me any feedback. I don't have it. I haven't gotten to play it yet, so. I'll play it and I'll give you some feedback. I promise. Right, Alfie, make a tabletop in implementation of it. I'll, I'll try to figure out how to do that. Or oh, sorry, tabletop. <laughs> All right, love, love you guys. Later, man. Bye. 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 All right, what do we got? Well, um, I mean, I guess the genesis of this is my brother uh, Ryan stayed with me for about two months this year in Nashville, which was dope because he was doing online learning and uh he just had to log on every day at 9 a.m um and you know kind of fuck around on uh some online learning and outside of school i took him to a bunch of skate parks there's a bunch here in nashville he was skating constantly and i think that was like the main source of his his enjoyment while he was here because he can't really do that in arizona like they've got a skate park that's like pretty far away so he does a lot right. of skating, like, in the front, you know, in the front yard or whatever. Um, and so we kind of were talking about, like, games, and and uh, and he was like, man, skating is awesome. It'd be cool to do a skating game. And I was like, well, how would that work? And we kind of, like, fleshed it out together. And what we came up with I think is pretty cool. So I guess yeah. to, to answer your, your, your prompt of, like, what IP – it's it's kind of the same thing as Alfie, where I think the IP is like really impossible to get and far fetched, right? Which is Tony Hawk, and I would love for this idea 
to become the licensed Tony Hawk Pro Skater dice game. Um, but even if that doesn't happen, I could just see this being a skateboarding game because, honestly, in the vast realm of, of games that we have and the different themes that are there, I mean, I have so many board games on my shelf, at, not to mention how many exist just about alcohol and you know yeah. wine and beer and this... But I have none about skateboarding. Dude, me and you is, both have a game about spray painting. Spray painting, exactly. And graffiti. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many themes, and it's insane that this is not a theme that there's a game for. It's not even like, oh, we don't own that game. Like, I can't even think of a game that has this. Yeah, there's, what, there's games about bicycling? What game is that? Oh, Flamme uh, Rouge. yeah, Flamme Rouge, which I have on my shelf. <laughs> Dude, oh, um, okay, so... This is a skateboarding game, um, and how we apply the mechanics to the theme is you will have two dice, and you'll roll those two dice, and the directions on the dice will indicate the trick that you can land. So there's a lot of games. I've been obsessed with Kibitos for, for the last couple of months, and that yeah. game you start with, like, you know, nine dice, and by the end of the game, you're rolling, like, 17 18 19 dice at a time the feeling of doing that is amazing but this game will not scale that way it will scale more so like um dice forge where you always okay. have two dice because the two dice represent the two feet and you're skateboarding and so you roll your two dice and your front foot does something and your back foot does another thing they each go in two different directions and depending on the the combination of those directions you land a different trick um okay so just like thematically like that that really fits i think um and so you've got this like player board where depending on what faces you have on your dice um, tell you what what tricks you can land and as you roll your dice if you land those tricks you get to add a token to say like yep i landed a kickflip now this is on my board i did this and now every time you land a kickflip after that you're going to get to add like a point token to your point total or whatever and so you just like every time you land a kickflip after that you're just going to get points for it but it's not like a big new thing you didn't land a big new trick so right. you can spend your resources in the game um, and that part is still kind of up in the air, coins or whatever, um, to buy new faces for your dice. So it's got that modular die like uh, Dice Forge or like Kapow. Um, I guess that's Rattlebones was the first to do it. Um, where you get to pop on a new, a new direction onto your die. And adding new directions are going to unlock new tricks that you can land. And so then when you land new tricks, you again, you know, get to pop a new thing to say like, oh, I just did, you know, a, a pop shove it, boom. And now every time you do a pop shove it after that, you're going to get like some amount of points. You'll get more points if those tricks that you land time and time again are harder tricks to land. But what I think is actually cool about it is I'd like to do a combo meter, kind of like the video game Tony Hawk. Right. And, it, and, in, and in real life... Well, maybe I shouldn't even say that because um, when Ryan was here, we watched a whole bunch of skateboarding um, competitions, and those guys really are comboing. I mean, they're like landing trick after trick and just having these insane lines. And it's not like, you know, the Tony Hawk um, video game where you're like 
having to link each trick with a manual because that's a bit ridiculous. But like the tricks, <laughs> no. are, the tricks wait, are going right. Wait, what are you talking about? So, so I like that same type of push your luck mechanism in this game, where you roll your dice and boom, you can land a trick with the directions that you um, that you rolled and the tricks that you have learned. Then you can decide. Do I want to roll my dice again to try and land another trick, which is going to add another multiplier to the trick that I maybe land the second time? Then you roll, boom, you landed another trick. Awesome, right? That, that gives you some points like with kind of what I laid out. And then you have to make the decision again. Do I roll again and try to land another trick? Or if I don't land that trick, I might bust. And that's kind of where gear cards come into play. So if you have a helmet, then if you bust, you might still get half the points you would normally get. If you nice, have, like that. if you have some other type of uh, gear card, you know that might let you re-roll when you are about to fall, something like that. So the point is, you know, in every round, you're trying to land six tricks, which you know arbitrarily, without playtesting this game that I've <laughs> just come up with, um, that <laughs> might be the the maximum amount of tricks that you can do in a round. So ideally, you'd get up to six, and so you're trying to like have enough gear that you can re-roll or mitigate or do different things so that you can keep rolling and landing tricks and creating the best combo. And um, each game, you would be at a different location, some different skating location, and every three rounds or so, you'd have a skating competition. But each location would have a location-based combo. And so if okay. you were in... You know, Marseille, it would say, hey, there's this statue there that's really famous for, you know, grinding over the head of the statue. And so to land the location bonus there, you're going to need to do an ollie and then a frontside board slide, then a kickflip into a, you know, something else or whatever, right? It's going to have that full combo and you have to land perfectly that combo to get the location bonus for it. Um, and so that kind of like might guide what um, what directions you're adding to your dice and to which dice you're adding them to so that you can get the best possible chance to like land that one location bonus um, and so on. So that's basically the game. Freaking skateboarding, man. Yeah, it sounds very... Like, of all of our games, yours seems like the easiest to pull off. I, I don't think it takes that much more. I think it needs a little bit of development, and we got to start rolling yeah. some dice, you know? Right, so that's the thing, is we need, we need to play it. Yeah. Um, and then that's easy enough. That's just, just time. I love the idea... I mean, dude, we all love Tony Hawk. Who doesn't love fucking Tony Hawk? Yeah. That game was amazing. And, you're, and you had mentioned at one point where I, you think combos is kind of where it's at. And the more I thought about it, I was like, I think you're right. Because, like, when you're playing that game... You're not excited about doing a kickflip. You're excited about doing a manual. You're excited about doing a grind into a manual into a kickflip, yep. into the into a like a what's it called, to a vert. But and and that's also the thing that we talk about all the time as drop the dice, which is dice mitigation. And so when yeah. I have a bad dice roll, what are the things that I put into place to mitigate the bad dice roll? And that's the same thing about keeping your combo alive, not falling while you're doing this insane trick run, you know, in, in this skateboarding game. I love your idea about locations. I think you can even push that further. 
where you have like one main combo but if you have like a bigger board you could have areas of it that have like smaller things almost like in, in the game where like oh like um you gotta find uh the five tapes oh in order to get <laughs> in, or, in order to get the tapes you have to roll just a simple ollie into this but like maybe you have a meeple that you move around that board to do that dude that's sick you know what I mean? I mean so like, if you, you don't do you, it in you, that you could spot, have, you could have like a, in you know, an eight by twelve of the location that you're at, and it has yeah. all these different challenges that you're yeah. then competing with everybody to do first. Like, right. oh, you son of a bitch, you got the secret tape before I did. I was going right, for and that. you can like, and you can, and maybe you move. Maybe it's not even a meeple you move around. Maybe it's just like I put my meeple on. I collected skate. Yeah, you know, so I, I claim that. And and you can even have runs, right? Like you talk about. So me and we're playing, and you know you have a run, and, and your run goes until you until you crap out, um, and like shit. In my run, I got a lot of points, but maybe I, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Or maybe I didn't get a whole lot of points, but I did grab the secret tape. And at the end of this one, like, I think I think that is cool. I think you can work that in. Um, and that's just more replayability, right? Yeah. Also, that's more like ways to expand the game. That's the only thing I, th- I think about is that I feel like at some point rolling directions would get tiring. Maybe. Um, I do have... Because there's a difference between doing that and, like, your fingers doing these insane movements. Right. Right. So, like what this, if- this, this next part that I explained may not translate, um, you know, over, over audio, but... Um, the board in Alchemist, it's like a little pyramid board where you're like deducing. You talked about this, yeah. Yeah, you're, so, you, so in that game, you're trying to deduce what two ingredients make um, as, a, as a potion. And I think that this game kind of can be the same thing. So you've got like an X and Y, an a, an X and y axis, and each axis is one of your dice that have a different direction that you're rolling. So if you roll... You know, a, uh, a a north. I can't do cardinal directions with this. If you do a, if you do a top left direction, you know, with one die, and a bottom direction with the other die, then you then you on the board that you have, you look at the intersection, and it says, oh, that does a heel flip. And if it's a new trick for you, then you get to you pop in a little piece there, right? And now yeah. and now imagine that you're going over straight vertically over. And straight vertically over are buckets because the tricks are harder. So the easier yeah. tricks will be at the bottom, and then you have, like, medium tricks, and then you have hard tricks. And so if, you, if you've if you already nailed your heel flip, and this is the second time you're doing that heel flip, instead of popping the piece in there because it already is there, you'll just go over horizontally and drop a trick token into the bucket that, that's there on the side. But yeah. I think that... If all you do in your game is land heel flips, the crowd, the competitions, the everything are going to be less impressed with you doing heel flips. So, right. so putting more and more tokens into those buckets have diminishing returns. I like that. That's super cool. So something there needs to be like reflecting like the, the fact of... that you that you have to be learning new tricks, and that's the thing that keeps your point potential as high as possible. What 
I mean, did you do the math? Like, what? How many combinations of dice do you have with two dice? You can and arrows. Well, you can have a lot because um, even with two dice, you can do doubles on them. So you could do a double up, a double down, a double any okay, direction, okay. right? And 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 Ryan has already framed out um, the tricks that you would actually be doing in real life if you were okay, doing okay. all of those combinations. It's insane. Yeah, no, he's already. He's already framed out for me about fifty-five tricks. Okay, so saying like, because there was no way like, like, what if you do cubitos? Maybe not fifteen, but if you add in like four dice, so you can start doing like a Christ dare. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, do I want four dice because then I lose the theme of you having two dice that represent your feet. Yeah, that's true. Right, and so okay, so you have to you have to. I think just do stick with that. No, no, that's creative, good. That's good. More creative dice faces, but it's but it's also a high risk reward because to do a Christ air you need a double up, right? Yeah. And then you need I'm not sure what on the other on the other die, but there may not Off be the top of my there set, may not be. That. I want to say it's northwest. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> but you um, but but there may not be that many tricks that use either of those two independent dice faces so right, how many, so how many tricks do you have those, so up? if i grab those okay okay right that's now cool. you can do now you can do a christ air but how many more things can you do if you land you know if you roll the double up so right so what if and i think what if what if you do this cause i think this is how the game works if you do like a crazy trick it's a ton of points but i know the really insane ones they lose value quicker yeah well, I don't know about that, but but if 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 we were to allow for more dice to be included, what I think would be no, really... you you got a great point. The the two but, dice but, 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 but you, hold don't, on. you don't lose that. But but here's how it could work. A third though. foot. Here's how it could work though. Okay. Is I've got let's say that like I really want to land land a Christ air or a Christ air and uh and a Japan air, right? Yeah. I I really want to do those two tricks. Um. And so I know the dice faces that are required for that, and I put all of that onto one of the dice, okay? But then I could have a third die that has different faces so that I can do, you know, double kick flips and double heel flips and this and that, right? And so every time that I roll, I get to choose which of my dice I want to oh, roll. Oh, okay. And I'm always That's rolling cool. two, but I have dice that are, like, you have the option. specialized okay. in this is my Christ Air die. And this is my yeah. this is my kickflip die and like etc. And so I pick the two up that I want and I roll them. Did I land it? Did it? Did it? Did it fit the you know the location combo that I'm going for? Really allowing you to like specialize to go for those crazy combos because if if it's just like a mixed bag, right? If it's just up to chance, I think it might be frustrating. But like if you have a die or two dice, you know, that, like, give you a really good chance of doing that one trick that you need, and then you can grab two different dice or or just add one different one to the mix and have uh, an equally good chance to do the next trick that you need to continue that combo. I think that part would make a satisfying puzzle and not just be like, oh, well, I didn't get it because it's random and, like, this is a game of randomness and it sucks. So, right, so, so you could have multiple dice, building them all up, and then saying, "Okay, I'll roll these two dice and hope to get this trick, and then these two dice to do this one, and like, and, and kind of build that up." I think that could be pretty satisfying. Okay, so we do your game first, because me and you could probably fund it. 
and then we sell that. <laughs> use all of that money, all of it, just to buy the Harry Potter rights. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> Not the exclusive rights. Literally just the ability to put Harry Potter onto the game. Then we make Alfie's game. Wow, so the we lost game is really going to be a love letter, huh? And then we use, I and hope then we I... use that money. Arguably, hopefully, Alfie's game sounds great, and it's got the Harry Potter um, theme on it. If we can get that into Target, then we all quit our jobs, and we go on a retreat, and we, where we write for three months those lost stories, and build that game. That's what I'm saying. I think the Tony Hawk game could be that mass market crossover. That's what I was thinking. Cause because, like, you, like, because, like, dude, right. you're looking at what, like a $20 game tops? Maybe 25 I mean, and, and Ryan was like, oh, well, if you start to do, you know, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm so bad at, like, skating terms, but. You have so was, many expansions. Dude. Yeah, exactly. He was like, oh, you got like, you, you, Okay, so Vert. You put in, Vert, you put in Vert, five locations? Like Vert, which is, like, big ramps, right, and huge air tricks. Yeah. We don't have Japan Air, Christ Air. That's not in our thing because those are Vert tricks. Oh so, you, so, oh, so yeah, exactly. Dude, you can have expansion that's just expansion. Vert tricks. Vert expansion, boom. It, it, it's uh, it's kind of infinite from there. Dude, and then, well, locations. Right. Like, the ability to interact with locations, I think, is so much fun. That's some, that's some of what I love most about Tony Hawk, is, like, trying to find all that bullshit, and just making that into a game sounds super cool. Like, that's where I would be at. Yeah. Um, but what, you're at, like, uh, I don't know where I got here. Oh, this is great audio. Like this size box, max. Yeah, totally. You know? That's the Kapow size box. I love that. That's a what? Kapow. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, but so not ideal, quite, not, not publishers. Right. Not, 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 like a, like, not like a mini box, but not. Do you, um, do you know who my ideal publisher for this is? Yeah, I know who it is. Dissate me. Yeah, man. I it, think it's up their alley, it, dude. It's, Amer- it's Americana. It's, it's, it's real life. Yeah. I think that'd be huge. Um, okay, so these were all awesome ideas. I am <laughs> so excited. Were you expecting God, to... I... Dude, we came no, out, we came like, out of the like, gate dude, tonight. I, like, I, I love my job, but God, talking to you guys, I'm just like, God, I just want to like quit and do this shit. Seriously, let's make a game or two and like it, it totally could be possible. Right? And then like... Then once we... It's one of those things where once you're able to be financially independent, then we can put more money into the podcast. Then we can podcast. Well, it's it's, it's kind of like my father's work. Um, <laughs> all right, sorry. Don't laugh at it. Wait, wait. Game game development is the really hard wait, thing wait, to do. Real life Rico's father's work? No, no. The or T.C. Petty's father's TC work. T.C. Petty's my father's work because okay. – because because I know your father. I think the easy thing to do, or yeah, no, easy comparatively, is to come up with the ideas. The hard thing to do is the development, right? And so, like, right. you, Vince, you've had awesome ideas. You've had your trick or treat idea, and and what you talked about today, and like, and no shortage of. You know, the, the game that you and I tried to make. You oh, know. fuck CGE, dude. <laughs> so, like, no, wait, wait, wait sh- no to do shortage it with, with money. Of, of good ideas 
But what's hard is the development. And so, like, there's no way that my father's work could have worked without a full studio backing the development of that game. Right. And so that's that's what I think we need, right? Is, like, you need to get a little bit established so that we can have a pipeline for ideas to turn them into good games. Yeah. I gotta say, like, just more and more, like, oh, man, like, I feel like at some point, this has gotta be the way we go. Hey, man, I'm here for like, it. We, we, like, we gotta shoot our shot. Maybe it's not quitting our jobs and doing something crazy, but if we can do a podcast, which takes up a decent amount of time, I feel like we could probably pull something off and... I mean, get it in front of some eyes. Like, we have a handful of friends in the industry. Yeah. Um, but who knows? These are all dreams. Uh, if you guys like these ideas, please don't steal them, but you can email us at, at, <laughs> at jumpnicepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I mean, if, or, you do, or, if you do steal my idea, just, like, give me a give me a little shout-out. Or, or, like, subscribe to the podcast, oh, give us yeah, a rating. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that, too. Yeah. Tell uh, uh, Squarespace and MeUndies to sponsor us. That'd be great. <laughs> this guy bankrolled <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was awesome. Uh, Bus, I know you're out there across the pond, man, and uh, I'm really excited to see your face. But for now, why don't you just play us out? Hope you enjoyed this episode of Drop the Dice. We'll see you next week.